Hi, everyone. Welcome to our um, fourth week of Communities of Practice. This week, the topic is the Environment um, and Education Center at Camp Kawartha. So during our um, last class, we had a virtual tour of the Education Center, and we were exploring the resources. But before we get into the questions, I'm going to share an introduction to what we're going to be discussing today. And first, I want to start with an acknowledgement of Indigenous cultures, which greatly inspired this proposal and guide. So Camp Kawartha is, is on the traditional territories of the Michi, Zagik, Anishinaabe, ad adjacent to the territory of the Iroquois on the land recognized by the Williams Treaty. And Jacob's presentation took us through the amazing features of the Environment and Education Center at Camp Kawartha. We caught a glimpse of the beautifully built sustainable building and learned about pathways to stewardship and kinship. Um, which is the foundation for engaging children in youth landmark activities. So these landmark activities are created for specific age groups to foster their development. And there are 30 landmarks in total, each guided by local resources. Um, the landmarks are connected using the pathway and the pathway acts as a roadmap to foster and connect culture that nurtures living systems targeted at basically every stage of development. So it touches on like early childhood ages one to three and then goes on until um, older childhood. And the primary purpose of Pathways to Stewardship and Kinship is to highlight the enjoyment that comes from learning to care for each other and for the earth. It also integrates with the Ontario curriculum, which shares ideas and opportunities for families and community programs to engage with the outdoor world. Jacob, he basically described the Environment Education Center at the camp as being like a place of hope. So the center benefits the community and specifically the children in the Peterborough area and beyond um, to be encouraged and develop their own relationship with the planet and the health of the environment. We are fortunate to hear from him um, as he developed several stewardship programs for school groups and expanding on this, Camp Kawartha's framework now extends far into the community. Um, Camp Kawartha also ensures that differences in physical abilities aren't limitations to their programs and frameworks. And basically anyone can participate in nature adventures thanks to, thanks to agencies such as Five Counties Children's Center. Um, and they provide all-terrain vehicles for children. So no matter who it is, everyone can access um, these opportunities. And the Pathway to Stewardship Guide defines a steward as someone who takes responsibility for the well-being of all community members, both human and non-human alike. Um, and since we are a group of early childhood education students, we know that providing plenty of time for free play in natural areas has numerous benefits. The Pathway to Stewardship and Kinship also adds that these experiences encourage a lifelong love for the natural world. Um, and to finish off my intro, Jacob's presentation and guide provide us with some hope in the face of these misfortunes, like global issues such as climate change and habitat loss, are frightening realities we face in the global community. And it starts with sharing awe and wonder with the natural world. And this is especially important because with the experiences the modern world offers, like technology, which can often draw us away from nature. So forging early connections with the environment is critical. Now, that was a long introduction. So 
we'll get into the first question, guys, which is number one. From Jacob's presentation, what stood out for you the most? Identify it if it was about the environment, sustainable sustainability, or outdoor um, in nature education. So does anybody want to talk first a bit about what stood out to you from Jacob's presentation? Yeah, I yeah. can go first. Sure. Um, so before the presentation, I had never actually heard of Camp Kawartha because I'm not from the Peterborough area. So um, in his presentation, like what stood out to me was how basically their entire building and like area they're on is all sustainable materials and everything like if the building were to be left there, it would be biodegradable and it wouldn't like cause destruction in nature or add to like any of um like the issues in like nature and uh in the global aspect. So like just seeing how they were able to construct an entire building out of completely sustainable material just like really stood out to me because I've never been there and I had never heard of Camp Kawartha before this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. I I assume that more people kind of knew about it, but it's it's really cool how the entire thing, as you said, can just biodegrade. Like other buildings, it would take thousands and thousands of years to decompose, but this one is, yeah, all sustainable. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. And like before, like seeing that, I didn't really even think that could be like an actual possibility for an entire building to be just biodegradable. I know. Yeah. And I love the uh, the systems that he showed inside about the water and how they just uh, catch the light, uh, the heat in the winters, just with the windows. So that was amazing. And I never thought of that. We can do it. Yeah. No, I just thought it was incredible how much thought they put into building that structure. Like, literally yeah. everything down to the water bottles that they used, you know? Yeah. yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. then the whole how they used, I believe they used straw because it was a really yeah. good insulator, right? Yeah, they yeah. used yeah. And I think yeah, they used jeans, old that. jeans too. Was that? Yeah, they did use jeans, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So many different materials. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know what, like it shows not only how effectively they uh, utilize the available resources, but also show how much they care for the planet uh, with environmental friendly, economical and sustainable consumption. And it also inspires and raises awareness for the community, in my opinion. Yeah, it makes you think about what we can do if this is a possibility for one building in the area like why aren't more of our buildings in the world being created like this if it's i mean i'm sure it's a lot more work but at the same time you save so much resources yeah it's worth it yeah yeah, yeah. was there anything about um the outdoor and nature education that stood out to you guys from his presentation yeah. Yeah, I and there was uh, almost everything that he spoke stood out for me. Like, he yeah. Was, yeah, I Thank you know wanted to listen him more, and I mm -hmm. right now I just want to go and visit that place. Like, I love the the way he showed the things that we can use uh, with the children, and I love the uh, different kinds of sounds that he made. Um, yeah, of, of the birds, that was amazing. Um, oh, the right yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. And I actually found that funny. Yeah, me too. It just seems like a dream, like everything that he's created and provided. It's like uh-huh. one of the greatest ways to engage children and provide such a positive relationship with the planet and with each other. Yeah, and also beautiful. And also the really way impressed. Yeah. Go on, Shanze. Yeah, I was really impressed that such a structure like is so nearby that we could literally just go and visit it, you know? Mm-hmm. And our little I was like have, so none of you guys have been to visit it before? No, oh, I haven't. I haven't. Oh wow. So I visited it I think like nine years ago maybe. And I was blown away. Like in person it looks so much more it just has a different feel to it than being in any other building I've ever been in. Like you can tell the love that's put into it and it just is fresh and the surrounding area, you just have a good feeling knowing that it's not causing harm really. Like with the way that traditional buildings are made now, like the resources that get there, like not the most sustainable. So it's really cool. I recommend everyone if they can to check it out. Yeah, we gotta go someday. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. So I guess that kind of leads us on to the second question, which is what would you like to know more about? Oh, so can I go first? Yeah, go for it. Oh yeah. So I'm curious about how things work uh, in the winter with solar energy in real life. And, you know, like I want to see uh, the big picture of the place and the activities they provided in the winter. I have never uh, been able to imagine that. I know, especially because there's not as much sunlight for the solar solar energy. I wonder how it would work. Does anybody else want to know something more? Yeah, I want to know this, like in summers, I understand that they could produce enough, uh, you know, um, energy from the solar system. But what about the winters? I have like, um, same question like Richard did. Yeah, I know, because he touched on it briefly. He kind of said like, they have to sometimes um, get energy from the grid. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I wonder if there's even another way that they could get energy besides the sun, like, I know there, if you guys have ever heard of geothermal, which is getting energy from the ground, but that's oh, a lot of like uh, radiant heat. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you guys have anything you'd like to know more about? Um. Yeah, so still like thinking about like the building itself. I'm like wondering how like, they were actually like the whole process of them building it and like how they were able to get all the materials that they need and how like like what research did they do to figure out what was the most sustainable and what was biodegradable and just figuring out how to like put it all together to actually make a building that actually stands and is like able to withhold like all the weather we have and stuff like that yeah exactly the question is kind of similar like how why is this not a more common thing? Like, I understand it's probably difficult to get this done, but like, why is it difficult? Like, why is the government not investing more into such houses and buildings and structures, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like, 
You know, it's good. I'm about to finish anyway. I'm just saying that maybe such knowledge should be more common knowledge, you know, like it should be made known to the public and not just us who are specifically studying it. Yeah. Like, I feel like this should be something like these concepts like right now we're so surprised right like whoa that can happen no like insulation with jeans and straw what like i feel Mm -hmm. like i'm too casual i'm so sorry (laughs) it's okay you know but Uh, like in india we used to have insulation with straw like the people who have houses of like made up of straw like a hut kind of houses so like i have um, like some people who used to live near to a house they used to have that and you know it used to be more warmer as compared to my house in winters really, really works. Yeah. that's amazing yeah. i would have never thought i wonder if large part of what you're saying shanze has to do with the fact that if more of these sustainable practices like even like using hay for insulation like japanese said that would like the government or whoever funds it, they wouldn't be making as much money because we wouldn't have to go and purchase supplies. We wouldn't have to be continuously right. purchasing from the grid. So it'll take money away from big companies. Exactly. Like I actually watched this show about this guy who built a greenhouse around his house and he had to fight um, the government in his country because they didn't want to let him do that because he he didn't have to buy energy in the winter and it was also inspiring people and they were they felt threatened that that um they wouldn't have the same i know it is sad it's all that's the main issue that we're facing right now honestly that the whole world is literally burning but nobody wants to take money away from the big corporations yeah it's pretty entrenched like it's a deep problem it's really worrisome actually I know, but you know, we, we there is hope. Like programs like this, like when we work with children and families in the community to just like bring an appreciation for the natural world, like we are now. That's right. such a great way to start because it can be so disheartening. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Mm. So, can we? Do you guys want to move on to the next question? It seems like we. Okay, question three is from Pathways to Stewardship. What is the purpose of the Pathways to Stewardship and Kinship document? And who is the audience that the document was designed for? So I think the goals of the document are to raise awareness about connection to others and take care and responsibilities for nature. Since um, human beings are part of nature and have tremendous impacts impacts on this planet. And it also provides information and knowledge about how to do that. So I think the audience for this document uh, is like everybody. Yeah, from uh, teachers mm-hmm. um, to parents and children and activists or like anybody. Yeah, and I really like uh, the quote uh, from this document, uh, which is uh, written by Elder Dorothy uh, Taylor. Hope is the most important kind of energy. It's really powerful and it reminds us of some like some positive vibe. Yeah. That's a really nice quote. Was that a quote in the document? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, thanks for sharing that. 
Does anyone else want to add on to that? What about you now? Well, we're talking about audiences. Sorry, that was my dog. Okay, so I, the purpose to me of the document, what I got was that essentially all of it as a whole aims to like create a healthy and resilient community, um, which we can all hopefully use to thrive, um, not only now, but into the future, like thinking far ahead and um, developing relationships with the natural world and and each other um, and learning about our connection to the earth and also discovering the wisdom of indigenous teachings, which is a heavy emphasis of this document. So, and I agree with Ray that the, that the um, audience is basically everybody. Everyone can learn something from this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause there's even, um, there's like a spot in the document where it says like four and it talks about like being, it's like a document that is open for everyone. And it's like inclusive for like all groups, including like parents, teachers, grandparents, children, and like just anybody who is basically interested in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, we're all kind of connected in some way, like, children they look up to us a lot of the times as role models so it's important that we also um yeah. look at documents like this for guidance yeah another thing is really uh, powerful and inspiring is like uh, uh, the, the quote that i share with you hope is the most important kind of energy so for example when we grow trees uh, we hope that they will um uh, they will uh, grow to big trees someday and there will mm -hmm. be more places uh, for animals to live and uh, it could help the environment uh, in terms of uh, air quality and yeah and uh, yeah. Uh, furthermore children can also admire the nature so I think it benefits for everybody. Right and something is little as planting a single tree can do so much like we don't even know yeah. how much of an impact that can have yeah yeah Japhne and Shanzi did you guys have anything to add to this question I think I'm fine okay so do we want to go into question four then yeah sure okay so this question <laughs> says what is steward oh that's okay it says um what is stewardship offer some concrete examples of what you believe stewardship is including some that you may have experienced as a child well this is a nice question so um so like how i kind of think of stewardship isn't it like almost having like a sense of connection to like um, the natural world and the environment and like being caring and like respective towards it almost. Totally. That's like a huge yeah, part so, of it. I think. Yeah. So like, that's how I kind of think of it. And like, when I was thinking of like examples, like from my own life, I know, um, so I live in like, um, the country, like, 
so I basically like I don't live in a forest, but I'm surrounded by the forest and it's somewhere where I've always lived. So I've always been like, I guess, really close to nature and like I've always appreciated it. And so like I just remember being a child and like I would walk through like the forest in my backyard, like with my parents and we would go through and we would like collect like the garbage that people would leave there. And like we would also um, if they were like if we had really big storms here and there are areas of trees that had fallen down, we used to go in and we'd clear everything out. And I remember my siblings and I, we would replant trees as well and just do stuff like that. Wow. That How did it make you feel? Yeah. How did it make you feel doing all those things? Um, so I always really enjoyed doing it and it's something I still do. So I still live like fairly close to like my parents' house. So I always go to like that same area and I continue doing the same things. And now um, my sisters are a lot older than me. So they all have children. So I take my nieces and nephews in there with me and I do like the same thing with them that like my sisters did with me. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I also have the same kind of example. Like um, when I was in my school in India, uh, yeah. So we just planned a trip uh, to a river. Like it was very famous river in India. Oh. It was Ganga. So, but we went there. When we went there, it was very dirty. You know, people they just throwed the garbage, the plastic bags, and everything on the side of the river. So we all students decided to clean that, and we just picked it and we just went to a recycling center which was present nearby and so we just gave them so it was a our step towards the cleanliness and after seeing us uh, the more people added and it became the serious issues and concern so after that government took a major step and, wow. uh, they just started a mission which is known as swach bharat abhiyan uh, basically it's for the cleanliness of all over the country so it, it was for the five years and it is there yeah. in progress right yeah. now too. That's incredible. Yeah. So it seems That's like you guys both um, started these things as children and kind of carried on throughout your life. Yeah. 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 Um, Shanze and Rachel, wow. did you guys have any um, experiences? And I was little. Yeah. My school would hold fundraisers, and for those fundraisers, what we used to have to do is try and sell little plants to our neighbors. So yeah. majority of the plants were actually trees, like of different fruits. Um, like there's a variety, and me and my sister, we were like seven to nine years old, and we take our little wagon that we had. You know, like <laughs> it came with a wagon. But <laughs> we so cute put all our little plants in there and knock on people's doors like hi would you like to buy a flower or a plant oh. and my sister would give the entire speech that it's going to this fundraising society and you know go to this yeah. charity and stuff yeah. and like sometimes they'd come out give us a dollar or two and we'd give them a plant and we'd give yeah. the money back to school and, wow. and then yeah so it was how old were you really nice well, i i was seven years old i was a baby yeah, so you're just little advocating. Yeah, save planet. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now you do. Now I do. And plus, like, these things start at a really young age, you know? So right. just putting that thought in my mind, 
from that time, I'll be like, oh, this is important, you know, and I grew up with that thought. Mm -hmm. And that really ties to what the document says about stewardship, which is, um, quote, stewardship is an important concept that suggests deep attachment and sense of care and protection. So I think the three of you guys really had a sense of care and protection from a young age that didn't leave you. Yeah. What um, about you, Natalie? So cool. Don't, doesn't your family um, own maple farms? Yeah, so we um, we have, I live on a maple syrup farm, so growing up, I walked through the woods with my dad, and we walked through the whole um, forest, and I just, I have the strongest memories of looking up at the trees, and just, like, I don't know, it's like when you're a kid, you see, sorry, you see everything so differently, like, everything, sorry. Everything is so bright and colorful, and I just have really sweet memories um, of seeing greenery. And and to me, I I just I want everyone to have that same experience because I was so privileged and blessed to be able to have that. And and it, it's sad to think that there are so many people who don't have like either access to um, natural areas or they might not have families who have that appreciation or like a way to get there. So I, I really think programs like this are amazing because they're not just looking at a specific group of kids. They're looking at every kid in Peterborough in person um, and trying to give people equal opportunities and um, an appreciation for nature. Yeah, Natalie, yeah. I still remember the maple syrup candy that you gave me. Oh, oh yeah, you oh. liked it. Oh, yeah, I love that. They're when good. good. They're so yummy. Yeah. I'll have to bring yeah, you guys some. It was good. I know, I like them a lot. Yeah. And thanks yeah. for that. Of course. I love sharing. Yeah. Oh, so can I share something? Of course, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think that each individual uh, contributes to the outcomes and life's quality of animal, uh, animals and plants and ultimately our lives. And uh, since you have been uh, giving like, uh, so many um, positive experiences, can, uh, can I give you some negative examples? Yeah, go for it. I think it's good yeah. to talk about it all, really. Yeah. Uh, so you know how we live uh, food. Uh, footprints at a place mm -hmm. the day I saw I saw a picture of a coral in the sea with the names of the previous visitors uh, engraved on its body or wow. we can easily spot it on some trees where there are many tourists come and visit uh, the place I mean we, we've seen many trees with names on them but a coral like as far as I know, corals are made up uh, of uh, hundreds to thousands of the tiny coral creature. Oh, yeah, that's so basically they are animals. Yeah, corals. Yeah, it's really awful. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel like I was forced uh, to have a tattoo that I did not want, uh, without anesthetics while holding. Uh, 
my limbs uh, or you see how like some people litter or disturb animals peace when they come and visit or how much plastic we've been using it's about the mm -hmm. ecosystem and chain reaction so like everything we do would uh, would contribute to the outcome of the you, know, you mean like the air quality or yeah the yeah uh, or the the peace of this planet yeah, oh. that's really sad to hear about the right as you were saying, I thought of so many things that like so many moments when I was out in nature and I saw something that kind of made me sad, like Caitlin was saying in Japanese when they were picking up garbage and stuff yeah. from the natural areas. Like I remember um, around this time last year, I went to visit some of the tallest, oldest trees in the world in Sequoia in people were actually engraving on these trees, which is so sad because what we know about trees is from research that they carry, like they actually have a language and they carry information and wisdom in the root system. So to think that we're, we don't think about the fact that our footprint on them might be having a lasting impact, like something like, that that's like almost divine like it's been around for how knows long and you know it's just i think we just have to start that conversation with people at a really young age and be mindful about our impact that's not i don't I, that that did not cross my mind actually oh wow in the sorry in my like i have a house in my village home where my great grandparents used to live and uh -huh. When I first visited there about, I think, almost 11 years ago, um, I was eight years old and my dad carved out an S for me on a tree that was in front of the house. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's so precious. And then mm -hmm. when I came back to that house, like almost 11 years later for vacation, yeah. I took a picture of it. And I was like, hey, guys, look, my dad did this 11 years ago and it's still there. And now that you told me that, oh, I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, that's more of like an that's innocent thing. You know. Yeah, but I've never thought of it that way, actually, yeah. which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it's good that Ray brought up just the the many layers to becoming a steward and how we, like, we can't be mad at ourselves for stuff like that because we're growing and it's all about being on a journey and, and having a process of becoming a steward and and learning. Yeah, I but I, I have a yeah. yeah, yeah, you're young. Yeah, I think there are certain things that we can avoid and prevent why some we like um, we're unable to. So for example, you know how, how much uh, plastic we're using, like we can reduce it, but sometimes I don't think that we can totally uh, cut off or uh, get rid of uh, using plastic on our daily yeah. life. Yeah, like I was talking to my friend who's really, um, into environmentalism and she was saying in some cases there actually requires more processing to make non-plastic alternatives like in only in some cases i'm not speaking in general but like and for example like composting it's important to keep she was saying a little bit of compost with your garbage because the compost actually helps break down some of the harder stuff in the landfills so there's yeah. just so many, like, there's so much learning we all can do in regards to this conversation. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think it ever stops, really. Yeah, it's multi-faceted. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah.
So did anyone want to add something else before we go into question five? I'm okay with moving on. Okay, sure. Captain and Caitlin, are you good? Are you good with moving on? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so the last question is another personal one. So we chose two main um, values described by the Pathways to Stewardship and Kinship document to talk about. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is respect for each other in nature. And the second one is sense of awe and wonder. So the first one states, share ideas on how does this value speaks to you and offer and offer an example of what you may have experienced in your life that showed respect for nature. So that's kind of what we we're talking about. I guess we can add on some more. Oh, can I share something? Oh, or Kidley. Yeah, go for it. Go first. Oh, yeah, so um, actually I, I love whenever I read a story about how some animals accidentally break into someone's house and in, instead of killing them, they call the animal rescue team. I forgot how to call this organ, this type of uh, organization to seek help from people who are qualified and well trained to bring those animals back to nature or foster them later. I mean, we are sharing the same space, right? It's not like they think, oh, today is a good day, maybe I will pick this family to give them some spooky moments. No, <laughs> they, they got lost in our house and they would never want to confront. Uh, confront uh, human beings, believe me, yeah. And I think it's kind of beautiful of uh, how human beings um, try to protect them that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. They can be a nuisance for sure, but yeah, they're, they're kind of just there, you know? It's not like they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. And I think like, like, go on, Caitlin. Sorry, I think it's uh, like sometimes I guess like depending where you live, like they I don't know if they understand like like their space around them, because I know like where I live, I constantly have animals at my place and they come in my house all the time. Like I've had like raccoons in my house. I've had like a bear like off no. the back of my house. Yeah, we have it's like not like a sun porch, but it's similar. And like I've like opened my door to go out there and there'll just be like a bear sitting in there and they'll be like looking at the wall because I think they're like confused on where they are and they just need help finding the door again. But like but like they've never caused any harm. And like I've had raccoons like actually come in my house and they've never like destroyed anything or like um, I have a dog, so like her dog, her like food bowls on the floor and they've never like taken her food or like went into like the, my pantry or anything to like take anything. They just like walk in circles. And I think it's because they don't like understand the different spaces and they're just. Yeah. Because they were just in the grass and now they're in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, well, it's such a good way of looking at it. Like they're just lost, like, you know. Yeah. And they confused, they just panicked. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you live, Caitlin? Um, so I live uh in Campbellford, but I live like on the outside of it. So like right in the country, literally. <laughs> and you're farther, I think that's farther north. So you definitely have tons of bears around there. Oh wow. Yeah, there's bears everywhere. But oh, never wow. do anything. <laughs> no, I know. Bears are harmless, but it, it's just yeah. They're they're good little teddy bears, except when they get human food. And, yeah. 
that's not good. <laughs> yeah, no, I never feed them. So they just, they just keep walking by or like I live on the river too. So I see them in the river all the time, like playing oh, and like catching the fish. That's wow. so cool. Yeah. It's really cool to see and like watch them. And it's so interesting. And like, um, uh, on the river, like a br there's a bridge that goes over it for the road. And like, I've seen them, like the bridge isn't very high. It's maybe like 12 to 14 feet high so i see them all the time jumping off the bridge and like into the water what <laughs> yeah so, cool. so yeah like when they're crossing the road they'll just like jump off the bridge to get into the water because <laughs> the water backs onto the forest that's, that's <laughs> really funny i can just picture that so you must yeah, have really a, you must have a close relationship with um bears then in, in the river and that area yeah I mean, I try to avoid the bears, like, if they come to my house less, that would be great, but, like, they're really fascinating to watch and, like, just see them, like, doing whatever they do. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you ever seen a moose? Like, yeah, I've seen a moose. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah they're huge. <laughs> they're crazy big. Yep. Yeah, there's tons yep. around. I've them. Yeah, I've had them like Guys, run in front of me all the time when I'm driving. Oh wow! Oh no! Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I've they're dangerous. They're they're not closer to Peterborough. Like if you go like where Caitlin lives in Campbellford and Algonquin Park, there's lots of moose there. Wow. Yeah, there's lots in um Bancroft too. Oh like, yeah. Wow. Like I see them. Events. Yeah, they're everywhere there. I know. Yeah. Bancroft's a cool place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Shanze and Japneet, did you guys have any points you want to add to question five? I think I'm good. Yeah? Shanze? Yeah, I don't, have much, I don't have much to say on that. Sorry. That's okay. No need to apologize. Um, yeah, and before we go into the next value, um, this one is especially important, respect for each other in nature, um, because uh, it might take some personal reflection for us to resolve or overcome like any fears or prejudices that we have um, in order to become effective mentors for children on the road to stewardship. Like yeah. if we're scared of animals and bears, we might not wanna go out in nature, but it's good to talk about them and reflect yeah. on these things and so the second um what's it called oh yeah the second pathway uh is sense of awe and wonder so summarize this value offering examples of times that you experienced a sense of awe and wonder in nature um i guess i'll start really quick if that's okay um a time that i experienced a sense of awe and wonder was last summer I went um, for a walk in a field right where I live and I was sitting down and um, there was a couple of deer grazing in the field just not too far from me and they started to walk towards me. They were literally going to come up to me but my dog started barking and they ran away. But it was just so serene and unreal to be in that environment with the animals so close to me. I felt so connected to them and to my surroundings. So that's when I felt a sense of awe and wonder for sure. Have you guys had any experiences like with awe and wonder in nature? Yeah. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. So, oh, sorry, Caitlin, you can go first. Okay, thank you. Um, so, yeah. uh, the one thing that always like stands out to me is um, so I'm from Newfoundland. So when I went back one time for a visit, um, I did a boat cruise like in the ocean to like go and see the whales, and we stopped the boat in the middle of the ocean and like dropped the anchor so that we were just watching them, and two of um the baby whales actually like swam right up to the boat and like they came out of the water and like it was like they were like looking at us on the boat but then they didn't do anything they just like floated there in the water and they just sat there and stared at us and then swam away wow wow so nice that's so amazing what do you think they were thinking looking at you they're probably like who are these humans what um, are they uh, yeah i have no idea like what they were like cool. and it was just amazing because like the size of them compared to the boat was like unreal because like even though they were babies they're still huge and like they could have made like a big wave and it probably could have like tipped the boat but they didn't they were just like so calm and they just like like I don't know if they were actually looking at us but they just sat there in front of the boat wow yeah they're the biggest mammals on earth yeah they're it's amazing seeing them close up but a little scary. <laughs> I bet. They're huge. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing I think, that. Yeah. I have had several moments of awe and wonder. Growing up, I actually traveled a lot. So I think I saw a lot of different climates growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I've told you guys before, just talking casually, that Pakistan has actually a really... Um, I don't want to say variety, but basically has like quite a, it has a variety of different climates. Mm -hmm. So in the mountainous areas, of course, it's much more cooler. It snows there in the winters. But if you go down to Karachi, which is by the beach side, I was born there, by the way. It's hot pretty much all year round and it's really humid. And honestly, I hated living there. Yeah. But I'm living in the capital at the moment, Islamabad. And here, the weather's actually, in my opinion, it has been the most pleasant throughout all of Pakistan. Summers are hellish, not as bad as Karachi, however, and the winters are good. Okay, sorry. But that in itself, just experiencing different climates because of how much I've moved around. And of course, in Canada, you guys know how it is over there. It's Mm -hmm. I haven't lived in the more hotter areas like Vancouver. I've mm -hmm. basically lived in Kingston my entire life, Mississauga. And the climate around those areas is more or less the same. So just that in itself, I think experiencing different parts of the world and how like the weather changes throughout the whole year gave me a sense of wonder, like, wow, it's yeah. it, it was quite hard for my body to even adapt to that too, actually. I got really sick in between. Yeah. But, yeah, one thing I wanted to point out was this really lovely moment of my baby brother, Shazen. When yeah. he was about six years old, we went to this, um, I don't know the English word for it, but basically it was like a river and then there were stones surrounding the river and the water also flowed above the stones and tiny fish would flow by. So it was like shallow enough for you to stand in it, but deep enough for actual living creatures to be living in it. And they were like wild sea turtles and stuff. And I remember my baby brother Shazen, he was like five years old. And he was looking at the fish and he was like blown away and like, cause they were tickling his feet. And mm. then he tried to catch the fish and he was like, why would they be friends with me? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And when he saw, when he saw a snail 
for the first time, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. And when it went inside its shell because it was hiding, that's mm-hmm. like the wonder in his eyes. His eyes were literally shining. Wow. It was like, yeah. it disappeared. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's so interesting to think about, like the first time you see something and, and how like the wonders of life around us, like it's just incredible, like to be alive and experience these things. And as this yeah. um, value says, like we are never too old to appreciate the wonders of life. And that's so true. Like seeing him experience that wonder, Shanze probably brought you the same amount of wonder. Yeah, right. It's just I just love watching him grow up. We have a twelve year old, uh, twelve years age difference. It's just wow. It's really great, you know, because seeing him grow up, I remember things from my childhood and mm-hmm. how everything is just so new to him and everything is just so incredible. And then yeah. when you're my age, I'm nineteen, but by our time, you're just like used to it, right? And then right. seeing him react to it, I'm like, wow, you're right. This is incredible. Yeah, like we can never not appreciate what's around us and like be blown away by it like even just the stars in the sky and I remember once you said that where you live in Pakistan there's mountains around and you said you could see the moon like so clearly like just being able to see the moon like that that. yeah it's just so like just thinking about those things is amazing and then actually seeing them is like wow like we're alive to see this it's so exciting Oh my god, that area, that's where my, the house in my village is, that's the area. Oh my god, Natalie, that, it's just such a spiritual place, you know, like, it just makes you realize that, wow, why am I on this earth, like, what is my purpose, mm-hmm. like, it just grounds you, you know, it's just, well, yeah. it's so dreamy and attractive, right? Right, <laughs> makes you ask those big questions and, and really, like, it's really humbling also like it makes you feel so small but in a good way it is humbling absolutely that's how i feel yeah um and japanese and shanze or sorry uh ray (laughs) did you guys want to talk about any moments of sense and on wonder yeah i want to uh like um uh, i think uh, past two weeks i guess like i went to a beach with one of my friends and we were just enjoying and we were sitting uh, like um on the edges and uh, we were just talking about the nature how beautiful it it was looking that day and what happened suddenly it started raining and we were sitting oh, there no. <laughs> we all became wet and everyone started running and yeah. um the time i was running i fell down <laughs> oh no <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I was okay. It was a funny movement. Yeah. And, um, it's good I, that you could laugh at that. I, I did. And my, my, you know, my friend, she took photographs. Oh, no. Did you get wet and muddy? Yeah, I got muddy over there. Oh, what, oh. Me? Um, what beach did you go to? Yeah. So that was the time that yeah. I was like, why it have to rain this time? What? Yeah. And all sort of questions, you know? Yeah, I guess just that that seems like, like a really like freeing moment where you're just running through the rain and mm-hmm. and experience the wonder of weather and and rain can be a pain, but it's also really exciting and exciting, it, yeah. it nourishes the earth and it's yeah. really sweet that you could mm-hmm. you didn't let that ruin your fun, but you just yeah. made it a part of it. Mm-hmm. The best part I was having that I was 
able to feel the mud and I was able to smell it. Oh, wow. Well, I bet wow. you. Did you learn taste first in it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> you probably taste it, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. What did it smell like? Like the earth? <laughs> yeah. It's similar to the earth, I would say. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it's similar to that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I remember Susan talks a lot about mud play and um, allowing kids to be able to just really get dirty. And, you know, I feel like for us, too, it's good to just get dirty once in a while and really, like, you know, experience yeah. hands-on things, not just you watch. Know, I just want to do some challenge things now, you know? Me, too. Like, I swear, you turn into a teenager and they're like, you can't do this, you can't do that. Like, no, I want to fall in a pile of leaves. Let me do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, who, who who, even sets the standards anyways for what we can and can't do in regards to these things? Like, my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, fair enough. Same yeah, same parents. Same same <laughs> yeah, that's the parents. <laughs> yeah. You guys can't do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still uh, remember, gets like, it. <laughs> when I was kid, I used to love to play in swing. Like when I was a student, I used to go out and dance. And my mother come inside. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, all. Oh, she used no. to scold me every time. Yeah. <laughs> she she didn't like you guys getting dirty and stuff, or? Yeah. I guess the South Asian cultures, like for girls, it's a bit more strict. We have to be a bit more proper and pretty mm -hmm. and some shit. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I I, I no, never thought about that. I didn't know that really. Uh, yeah, there are some, you know, different things for the girls and boys. Like it's oh. a kind of mentality, I would say. Mm-hmm. So there's different expectations for boys and girls. Yeah. Like yeah. girls, like aren't after an age might not be able to play in the mud and get dirty, but the boys can. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's just Boys because of body structure. Their parents yeah. should also allow. Hmm? It's, I think it's just because of body structure. I mean, like, oh, yeah. The girls, I said. I don't yeah. Know. Oh, I don't know. I think it just relates back to us, like, females just being overly sexualized at a young age. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's annoying because, in a way, that kind of sexualizes girls more when you draw all yeah. that attention to the fact that when they're little girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we've been talking almost for an hour now. Ow! Ow! Sorry, my, my puppy's teething and she's nibbling on my toes. <laughs> Oh, is that Luna? I was like, oh no, we lost Natalie. No, no, no. We named her uh, Ginger. We changed her oh. name. Oh, right. Yeah, Ginger. again. Oh. <laughs> She's hyper now. But anyways, um, yeah, I think our discussion went really, really well today, guys. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, can I share something? I would just go to share something. Oh, yeah, please. Please go ahead. Oh, yeah. I would just... 
gonna say that I've always been um, amazed by how beautiful Canadian nature is since um, I didn't travel much when I was in Vietnam and I used to live in a big city. Um, so my city was like uh, Toronto. So it was always crowded and there were buildings and vehicles and there are only rainy and dry seasons around the year. And now that I'm in Canada, I noticed uh, season changing, leaves rustling, uh, birds chirping, squirrels climbing on trees, those kind of things. Oh, and then a month ago, I saw a fox uh, running across the road into the bush uh, when I was walking at night. I was wow. like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like it, it, it was the first time that I had ever seen a fox in real life because- uh, Really? Yeah, because I used wow. to live in a big city, so I don't think we, we would see it that more often. And media always draw them with the sassy and evil characters, <laughs> but I learned that they're yeah. very smart and funny, right? Are yeah, they, they are. Yeah. Are they friendly? Um, foxes? Yeah. I, I think it depends on where they are and like the individual fox. Um, yeah, I, th I think it really depends, but they're, so, they're such beautiful animals, really. They're majestic. Yeah. yeah, and the other day I saw a snake. Oh no! What? Yeah, cr crawling by and I almost passed out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But like, I tried to keep, uh, keep calm, uh, keep calm, and I stood there and waited for it to crawl, uh, for it uh, crawling away. I was like, okay, pal, let's just uh, greet and farewell and well, thanks. <laughs> Touching nidits, uh, gotta keep social distancing, right? <laughs> Moving on, just go on. Yeah, but of snakes. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of snakes. I you seriously get scared very fast, and I'm not able to. You know, I got I get panicked whenever I see snakes, and yeah. I'm not able to control myself. <laughs> oh yeah, they. I'm I don't know what it is about snakes, body. but they are kind of creepy. They they don't have any legs and they kind of they can move so quickly and yeah yeah like, I read an article and um it say uh, I think it says that um we are humans uh, are fear of um snakes uh, because of our genetic uh, of our genes uh, it's like it's a, a inherent thing or something like that really like, so it's like an instinct we have almost yeah, yeah. interesting. I bet because like if you're bit by a poisonous snake and you don't get immediate medical treatment, you might die. So it's pretty serious. I mean, in Canada, like I doubt you're going to run into any super dangerous snakes, like especially in Ontario, but yeah. still you can be bit by yeah. the odd snake. You only die one, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. That reminds me, my friend the other day, she said that, hey, I'm going to call you in an hour. And I said, okay. And about two hours passed, and I said nothing because I was being petty. And she said, hey, I'm sorry for not calling. Snake. <laughs> oh, like a snake emoticon? She, no, she snake. said, no, she just said, she just said the word snake. And I was like, oh, a snake came into her house and probably attacked her family. Oh, oh wow. Oh, I thought you meant snake as in, like, referring to somebody as a snake. Like, ooh, they're, oh, they're no, snake. No, 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 that's a bad joke. <laughs> oh, like, so there's an actual snake. Oh, oh man! Wow. Oh man! Oh, oh okay. <laughs> That's scary. That's yeah. yeah I understand if you don't, if you can't call back if there's a snake there. I I understand. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Yeah. I think yeah. I've had a raccoon come in my house before. I've had bats. 
Um, actually, had a, I think it was like a, a, a chipmunk in my wall the other night. It was really annoying. Um, what else? Aww. Yeah, animals, they find their way in. You just kind of have to work around them and help yeah. them escape. Yeah, but a snake, I, I would be terrified of. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we're all sharing the earth anyway, so it's not like yeah. this is ours and that's yours. Yeah, yeah. we just happen to build ourselves. Yeah, kick them out. Like my family, or maybe it's just brown people. We just hate lizards for some reason with a burning passion. You don't like lizards? But <laughs> I mean, I do. I think lizards are freaking adorable. Yeah. So every time I see a lizard, I'm just gonna be quiet about it. Like I don't tell anyone, or else they're gonna try and kill it or kick it out of the house. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I went to Barbados. My best friend um, is from Barbados, and she gets lizards in her houses all the time. In her house all the time, and they're like these little like geckos, and they're one of them is really really poisonous, and it'll just like climb on the walls, and it's so creepy. Oh, wow. And they have monkeys outside banging their chests and stuff. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> Oh, when they bang It's just like nothing I, it, I've yeah. ever experienced. Yeah. When they bang their chest, is it yeah. that they're um, angry or something? I have no idea. They're mainly just making noises and stuff, but I don't know. It's, it's yeah. totally just different climate, different different part of the world. Thank you so much, guys, for our, our, our second or, yeah, second communities of practice together. Next week, Rachel will be taking over the facilitating role. And I just want to thank you guys all for coming prepared and joining in the discussion. I really enjoy um, working with you guys. And yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun and mm -hmm. informative. Interesting topic, no? Yeah. Definitely. I like that one. Yeah. So okay. with that, yeah. we'll join you next week and have a great day, everyone. Thank you, you too. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to you guys. Yeah, Thanks. I agree. Take care. Bye. Take care, too.